Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. This is our number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. The second hour of Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can uh, reach us at any time on our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. We're on Twitter as well. At Oilers Now. Tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. And Brendan at Brendan S. Scott with two E's and two T's. In 18 seconds time, we'll hook up with Mark Spector. We will also tell you that at 135 today, we will uh, take a dip into the North Division. As we talk to Danny Dubé, longtime Canadians uh, analyst on French radio. Without further ado, for the folks at Horse Racing Alberta, the 7,000 men and women working in Alberta's horse racing and breeding industry, we welcome back to the show Sportsnet Spec Mark Spector. Hi, Spec. How are you? Yo, doing pretty fair, Bob. How you doing? Good, good. What did you think? Two games in. Uh, you know what? You kind of sort of got to think of the questions that are out there and which of them are starting to get answered, right? You know, I thought it's a really good sign that Miko Koskinen looks so good in his in a back-to-back because, let's face it, it's a knock on Koskinen. is the more he plays, he doesn't play as well. He was exceptionally good last night. Uh, you know, yes, Pugliarvi's showing that he's a far different player here that's returned from Finland than the one that left for Finland, so that's a... For sure, a good sign. And the power play, uh, I thought last night was, it looked exactly like that power play last year. They just pressed and pressed and pressed till that puck was going in. Vancouver didn't have a prayer. So, you know, some of the big elements, McDavid's there, Drysaddle's there, uh, Newton Hopkins looks great on that top line in the second game. All those little question marks or things you might have wondered about, of them for the, most of them are coming up positive right now. Okay, wait a second. It took you four points to get in before you say McDavid's there after he has a game like last night and scores. <laughs> is that is that how commonplace it's become? Well, I guess there wasn't much of a question whether McDavid was going to be a great player, right? Uh, but that's fair, Bob. That's fair. He probably should get a little higher billing. <laughs> 
I mean, it was it was kind of funny uh, because you know a guy scores a goal like that at that warp speed. Now I I didn't see obviously I was uh, you know working the uh, game uh, during the game with uh, Cam last night and uh, had a lot of fun. I look forward to being back at it with Jack tomorrow night. But uh, I believe Sportsnet timed him out at 37 kilometers an hour on that rush up the ice. And yeah, I, I saw that. I, that was cool. I know John Butchcross from ESPN uh, tweeted it out, and a couple of the other prominent sort of guys that have big social media followings in the states. Like it, it literally looks spec. Like you know, there were a couple times we may have brought. Uh, I played on a team once called the Pylons in Alberta Men's League. Uh, it was Division One, and we may have had the son of one of the uh, guys on the team who happened to be in the NHL at the time, and he turned it up about twice the entire time that he was out there only trying to set us up in the process, never trying to embarrass anybody because that's the kind of guy he was. Uh, but it did look like that one guy that's playing four levels too high in men's league hockey, right? It was just, I mean, do you ever sit there and go, and I, I brought this up with Brendan earlier, like, are we going to look at this, Mark, you and me are of the same vintage. Are we going to look at this in our, in our late 70s, if we're alive, hoping we are, go, holy crap, we watched that guy for, he was unbelievable. You know what I'm saying? Well, hey, guys, our age are, you know, we can already say that about Gretzky. And, yes. uh, you know, there's no doubt. There's, it's fair now. I think that, you know, let's, let's focus the debate. Like, the debate's been to see the best player in the game. And, and I've always held out for saying that, you know, clearly he's the fastest player in the game. And he's, I think he's been top two in scoring the last four years. Um, but there's elements of the game that Sidney Crosby's still better at. So I've always said, you know what, you got to catch up a little bit on Sidney Crosby before I'm going to say that Connor McDavid is an all-around better player. He's clearly faster and younger and quicker and gets more points. There's no doubt about that. But what we're seeing in McDavid's game here now is a maturation, right? He's he's gone to work in his face-offs. You know, he didn't have a great night last night, but uh, he just has a better approach. And he he's, I think we're going to see, I think this season we'll see, as we get some sample size, his numbers are going to be better. He's a more powerful player. Like he fought his way to the net on that that two nothing goal last night. Uh, that wasn't just a pure, most of so many of his goals are based on speed and skill. That was a goal based on on fighting off the checker and making the play. You know, so he's going to add if he's going to add those elements to his game, Bob. Uh, the penalty he took last night saved the goal, right? But he battled and hooked and held and did whatever he had to do, and he saved goal. So, you know what? That, to me, is a sign of a guy whose game is rounding out now. And if he's going to add power and face-off responsibility and, and um, you know, just those harder, less flashy elements to his game, he's going to – then the, the debate over who's the best player left in the game will be long gone, Bob. I'm not surprised that you're uh, – and, look, I have nothing but respect for Sidney Crosby – uh, and I'm not surprised. Just, Mark, I mean, you come from a generation of writers that use the term cub reporter, a guy working his way up, and sometimes there's talented writers that could be fast-tracked in a columnist and be pretty good in a hurry. And I'm going to translate. Like, personally, for me, I, I don't think there's a debate as to who the best player in the game is, the most explosive player in the game is. And I just remember the first time we were in Pittsburgh back in 2016, right around the time that Trump was in Pittsburgh, uh, on the verge of being elected to the shock of us all at that time. But anyhow, I digress. I, I remember the comments from Crosby after. 
you you think you know you think you're beside him and then he's gone and that's he's got and I realize he's got to round out his game and that often comes in time and rarely do we see guys win cups in their first couple of years that is the sure. rarity to the rule right. but you know um and often it's when the rest of the team gets built, especially in hockey, because the best players, at least at forward, are only on the ice 20 to 22 minutes. But to me, that night was, it wasn't the passing of the torch, but it was the recognition that Connor had something special that even Sid didn't have. And that's that explosive burst. And Mark, he's faster right now than he was then. There's no oh, question sure. in my opinion. Yeah. And more explosive. Yeah, he's in. He's you know he was healthy all summer, and he's listen. He's even a better player this year. I guess there's there's sort of two things. There's the best player and the guy that gets all the points. And I, you know, I listen. I I'm not going to try to tell you there's a guy that's a better player in hockey than Connor McDavid. That's just a fool's game here. But I guess I might say to you that if you took a poll, you know, 12 months ago. 24 months ago, you got one player for Game 7, who's it going to be? And I need a well-rounded player who I can count on in all places. I'm not sure that Big David passes Crosby in that in that category and that, yet. And, and that's I fair, but I'll counter, Mark. I'll counter. If you're, if you're starting an NHL franchise today, who's the player you want to start? Oh, there's no, no, that's, that one left the barn a long time ago. So anyway, listen, I think we're agreeing here. Uh, there's just, you know what, as great a player as McDavid is, there's always new elements to add to your game. You know, there's no one has it all, man. You know, he's as close as there is, and you can see that he's found some things to add here. And, oh, boy, you know, how much more dangerous can he get? All right. Uh, you mentioned Paul Yarby. Before we get to that line, uh, dry settle and Yamamoto. I've liked Connor Yamamoto's games. There's a connectivity there. Obviously, Cahoon's – let's not forget, Leon's got five assists in two games. Made a couple plays last night to Connor that were pretty good, including a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. behind-the-back pass. Uh, how much do you think Leon has benefited – from kind of running with Connor a bit, you know what I mean? Just the way, like, you know, educator listeners here, Mark Messi was a physically gifted player that matured to be an incredible player. And I think part of it was Wayne Gretzky. And I look at Leon, not to underestimate what Leon could have done, Mark, but I think he's become even better because Connor's here. Oh, listen, there's, there's no question that greatness rubs off, right? And that two, you know, two really, really top players playing together get even better. Would would Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves be as good had they not spent their careers together? I don't know, maybe. But I'll tell you what, they made each other too. Uh, and these guys are the same. There's no doubt Dreisaitl is... Especially Drysaddle, like I guess maybe are we? Uh, no, I'm not going to tell you we're surprised about Drysaddle anymore. But certainly he never arrived on the scene. You know, there wasn't a soul who said that he could be this kind of player. Like he's turned into a, he's turned into a far better player than any of the draft experts ever said when he was, you know, coming out of Prince Albert. Uh, he is. He's a top, maybe a top three player in the game now, uh, and the Oilers have two of them. So I would say this team is, you know, a couple more moves. But uh, I think it's time to win soon, Bob. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, you can uh, the bounce back performance yesterday obviously changes the complexion for the fans. Uh, yes, Apolyarvi, you brought him up. Um, I, I think Oilers fans should be excited with what we've seen, even the progression through the first two games, Mark. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's just a, it's a simpler, less uh, all-over-the-place game, you know. He's he 
seems to be, you know, you kind of know where to find him on the ice. He's, he's, I don't know. I was surprised he had seven shots last night when I looked at the game sheet after the game. I thought seven shots. I didn't see seven shots, but he's quietly effective, right? He's not flailing all over the place. It's not all over the ice. It's, it's you know, relatively speaking, up and down his wing. He just looks like more of a pro. He's playing an NHL game, and this is exactly. You know, he's in the right spot here. He's playing with a solid player in Taurus. I'm already hearing some, get him up. You know, Cassie is not playing well enough. Get him up on McDavid's wing. <laughs> and I'm thinking, not yet. You know, give the, kid, give the kid some time down there, Bob. Mark, I never thought I'd say this. I agree with you. I agree with you. He looks like he's engaged. He looks like he's happy. He's kind of driving that line like he's the puck uh, transporter on that line. Let's just keep letting him get a little bit more confident every step of the way. Keep being competitive in those board battles and on the puck. He's strong on the puck, and eventually he'll. That's that, you know. Think about him where he's going to be at twenty-five, not where he's at twenty-two. Mark the yeah, the now. Fair. The fourth line, they've given up goals uh, in back-to-back games on turnovers on the left wing in the second period at critical junctures. We thought the Oilers had more depth. Now, Gaetan Haas skated today. He's still probably a couple weeks away. James Neal might be a week away. Uh, maybe Neal would, well, Neal would play for sure if he was healthy. Um, are you concerned, though, about the fourth line center position right now? Well, there's, it's, it's, you know, the job's still open, right? Dave Tippett hasn't taken down the shingle, I would say. And, you know, I think we're waiting to see what Haas does when he's back and playing and ready. I think there is a job there for him. But at this point, you know, that, you know, I don't think Jujar Carr has grabbed, he certainly hasn't grabbed that thing and run with it. So, um, you know, there's, listen, you don't get it all, right? We just talked about a lot of the things that have gone right here, Bob, for the Oilers. And I think most of the important things are starting to flesh out. So that's good. You know, is the fourth line perfect? No, not even close. Has has Caleb Jones played very well yet? No, he has not played very well yet. And nor has Adam Larson. You know, but you don't get to walk out of the gate here with no preseason and have 20 guys looking fantastic. It's just there's not a team in the league that, that's going to have that. So, yeah, Edmonton has a few things going on they got to figure out here. That's for sure. Fourth line is one of them, Bob. But I'd rather it be my fourth line than my first line. How about that? Absolutely. KDK has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob and Mark, what you're saying about Dreisaitl and McDavid is the same reason the Oilers can't rely on organic growth on defense. The defense needs a leader and a mentor to maximize the potential of Bouchard and Broberg. Until defense is addressed, the Oilers will never be true contenders from KDK. I think that's a uh, you know what? I, I have some confidence, personally, Mark, that there is going to be some growth and development there. Um, is Darnell Nurse a good enough D-man to grow and develop? I mean, I'm, we're not comparing him to McDavid and Drysdale. So what KDK is saying is the Oilers need to go out and go get a guy that is a legit top two defenseman. Do you think Nurse is, is trending in that direction, Mark? Um. You know, he, first of all, Nurse is a huge part of the leadership on this team. There's no doubt, right? Him and him and McDavid and Drysaddle are, you know, and Nuge, but they're the sort to me the three guys that are the they're at the heart of this thing. So Darnell Nurse is part of this thing all the way through, in my opinion. I don't I don't think you move him or anything like that. Does he turn out to be a top pairing defenseman on a really good team? He's got to get better yet. 
got to get more consistent still. You know, but listen, like, sure. Do you wish you had Shea Weber on top of this crew to keep everybody, you know, to give everyone someone to shoot for? Yeah, you do, but you can't. All the, the that texter is referring to the kind of defenseman that makes like eight or nine million bucks. You know, where's that guy coming from, Bob? Is I guess what I'm asking. They, uh, you know, Petrangelo was out there this summer, but the owners didn't have enough money to go get him. So, so yes, could they use a super stud on the blue line? Sure, they could. But are they going to be able to afford him? I don't think so. Well, they will have a lot of cap space this summer, Mark. I mean, they could have roughly. I mean, if they re-sign Nugent Hopkins, let's say between six and six and a half, you're probably looking at about eighteen to nineteen million dollars if you can make uh, some maneuvering. Uh, you know, but some might say go get a number one goalie. Others might say let's see what you got out of Koskinen. I think we're about to find out with Koskinen in the short term. By the way, I am going to throw a name out there, Mark, um, and it's not a sexy name, but just because they lost Forsberg as the third uh, number three goalie, Jets claimed him today, and now maybe Winnipeg at some point is going to put him back on waivers. Uh, Michael Hutchinson played in the NHL last year. He got posterized by Connor McDavid on that goal. We're talking a number three goalie. We're not sure on the duration of Smith. Uh, Michael Hutchinson's already been cleared and minored by the Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs have Campbell and Dell at two and three. So, may, I mean, and the, the other reason for Hutchinson, I'm just thinking, is because he's in Canada, so he wouldn't have to clear a quarantine. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah, Michael Hutchinson is more than enough goalie for your number three, Bob. There's no question about it. He is a yeah, he's a legitimate NHL backup, in my opinion. You know, I don't if I got to play Michael Hutchinson for a month straight, I might be in a little trouble. Yeah, but uh, no, no, absolutely. You get your hands on Michael Hutchinson, your the Oilers' goaltending problems are solved in terms of their number three guy. There's no question about that. Yeah, Mark, uh, thanks for joining us for the horses and horse racing in Alberta, the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. And we look forward to touching base with you on Tuesday after the Oilers have played a pair of games against the Montreal Canadiens. Let's get after it. Thanks, Mac. All right, Bobby. Let's uh, blast off some text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. This text comes in out of Edmonton. says, Bob Nurse is a top-pairing defender. Everybody focuses on mistakes and overlooks all the things that he does so well. Hedman makes mistakes. Yossi makes mistakes. Seth Jones makes mistakes. Uh, Nurse brings so much to the Oilers. I don't think the texter is inferring that Darnell is yet at that level, but he's going to uh, continue uh, to hopefully grow and develop. KDK has responded since his Spec brought up the salary cap. KDK says using the salary cap as an excuse is old news. There were multiple teams that exceeded the cap and were able to navigate through the issues. The NHL has made it clear that cap circumvention is allowable. It's about winning. That one comes to us uh, from KDK. This text comes in saying, uh, Bob, when does uh, Ryan McLeod get a shot as 4C? He's got the speed and skill to do it and would impact uh, scoring. He could develop into a third C. I'm not sure what Ryan McLeod's going to become. I, he certainly has the frame, and he can skate. Like, he can, to be honest with you, what surprised me when I saw him in the rookie the rookie games against the Flames and one exhibition game each year was his ability to make plays. Okay? Um, he's got to get in the guts of the game. Ken Holland has sort of a way of bringing players along. I don't think he's going to be fast-tracked, i got to tell you. But... It, to the texter, I think it's a fair question. Is McLeod an option, uh, even in the short term? This texter says, uh, Bob, sorry, but Nurse will only mature to uh, a number three defenseman. Well, that is, there are some people out there. Um, 
Haji says, is Holland looking for a number three or a number two? I'm not sure Hutchinson is a number two answer. Haji, my response would be, we're saying a number three to replace Forsberg. This text comes in saying, Bob, Carolina won the Cup in 05-06 without a top two defenseman. Well, they did win in seven, unfortunately. Jeez, who was on their defense that year? Uh, Commodore. So what was he, 4-5? Glenn Wesley at the end of his career, at the height of his career, Wesley was a legitimate top four defenseman for a number of years. Uh, was Caberlet? Uh, now i got to go back to uh, 06 Carolina. Was uh, Brett Hedekin, I believe, was on their defense. You know what? We're, we're going to talk about that when we come back. Uh, 124 at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Oscar on LTIR for this season. You're listening to Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Here we go. Game seven. I was in uh, Carolina for that game. Of course, uh, Rod Morley were calling the games back then, and I was at the other station. Spec and myself uh, met after the game and had a Pinter 18 downtown, as I recall, afterwards watching fans, and they suddenly became fans <laughs> of the Hurricanes. There are a lot of Oilers fans there. Brendan, you, uh, so I mentioned, uh, in terms of the six defensemen on Carolina when, when they won the cup, Commodore played 21-15 in game seven. Hedekin played 20-30. Caberlet played 17-21. Wesley played 14-54. Do you know who the other two defensemen were? I had uh, I had Aaron Ward off the top of my head. The other one was was escaping me before we looked it up. Yeah. So Ward played twenty one forty nine. Nicholas Wallin played seventeen forty eight. Wesley would have been in his late thirties by then. Uh, Eighty. Let's see, he was a sixty eight. So our Red Deer listeners are familiar with him. Um, so sixty eight. He was thirty eight years of age in that Stanley Cup final that year. Or on the verge of, I guess he would have been 37. In fact, that might have, that might have been the last game he ever played. I'm just going to search back here. Did he finish up? No, he played two more seasons after that. Man, that guy had a long career. Former uh, Portland Winterhawk, his brother Blake Wesley also. Uh, much tougher, not nearly as skilled as Glenn. Glenn could move the puck. Like There were a number of years. Wasn't he signed like to a huge offer sheet or something by uh, Hartford back in the day after playing for Boston for four or five seasons? But this was a guy that sort of was the number two offensive defenseman with Boston when the Oilers uh, played the Bruins in the 88-1990 Stanley Cup Championship. Actually, Hoggett was around in one of those years. He might have been there both years. Now I'm going to look up just for the heck of it, the the Boston squad in 89-90 to see if Hoggett was still uh, in Boston. Yeah, he was on that team as well. So... uh, Obviously, Ray Bork and Glenn Wesley were part of their top uh, offensive pairing on the point on the power play. Wesley was a real good puck-moving defenseman for a long, long time. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event has been extended, and it's currently taking place down at Brent Ridge. Great people, great service, fully open and transparent, so let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-3673 or visit brentridge.com. When we come back, we'll get a look at the Montreal Canadiens with long time Canadians radio analyst Danny Dubé. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.